everyone, guys. Welcome to the Essential Scares podcast, the only show that dares to ask the question, is it essential? I am your host, Corbin, and with me today, as always, are Alan. Good evening. And Bobby. Oh, hello, everybody. It's me, Bobby. (laughs) We have got a great show for you today. We're kicking off our next 100 episodes uh, with a franchise that we've already covered in the past. It's Insidious. Um, We've done all four of the previous ones. And so today we're coming at you with our thoughts on the brand new Insidious, The Red Door. But before we get into it, Bobby has a spoiler warning. I do. This will serve as your first one and only spoiler warning for Insidious The Red Door. If you do not want this brand new movie spoiled for you, please skip to the time code provided in our show notes or description for our essential spoiler-free discussions. Insidious The Red Door is like your favorite name brand plain potato chip. Shockingly empty of substance and shockingly full of fun. Alan. This is a good start. This is a good start to, to episode 101. I like this. To write in spoiler warnings, baby. It's Woo! funny you say that because I actually wrote out a synopsis this time instead of going off the cuff, you see. Uh, nine years after the events of Insidious Chapter 2, we are greeted with the funeral of Lorraine, Josh's mother. Uh, she has tragically passed away. Uh, Josh alone by his appearance clearly indicates that there is trouble at home. This man is about as disheveled as it comes. And we find out that this is due to uh, Josh and Renee having some sort of a divorce. It's not exactly clear how long it's been, probably somewhere in the range of four to five years post-divorce at this point. Um, And unfortunately, just uh, like father, like son, Josh has kind of dropped off the face of the earth with his family. Uh, And he is following in the footsteps of his dad in all of the worst possible ways, which is not entirely his fault, given he's been basically in a state of fog from his memories being deleted from his brain for these past nine years. Um, Now. The red door is constantly in the minds of Dalton and Josh, the men who can jump into the further and experience this astral plane. Um, However, as time goes on and changes and stress occurs in these men's lives, the door starts to crack open. And with that crack comes the pain, memories, everything comes flooding through, including the demons that tormented them. How well can our boys fare? Don't know. We have to find out. Uh, will there be redemption for Josh? Don't know. We got to find out. But boys, like Corbin said, we do have one question to answer at the end of all of this, and that's if this movie is essential. So let's open it from there. What do we think? How are we feeling? Ella feels really good about I, that. Yeah, Ella's I just like, like I like the fucking says, you know, I wrote a no, fucking that masterpiece. That was, that was good. Yeah, Bobby's got his dumb little one joke he gets to write, and now I get to write my little novellas. Hey, I don't get to write often, so I take I take every advantage I yeah, can. Yeah, do you see the vein yeah. in my forehead? I'm furious, <laughs> furious. <laughs> um, oh. so, uh, something I didn't realize until afterwards. Um, the kids in this movie are are the same actors. I'm like, yeah. man. I'm like, I'm like, huh. they look, they, they look, look, they look like exactly the kids. The same. That they really, they really casted well. These look like the kids from the movie. And then all of a sudden, I looked at they're, Larry, like, they're nine years huh. older in universe, yeah. played by the same actor. Nine, nine years, years older, later. yet. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I That's love that you guys didn't know. You guys didn't know that going in. I, no. I, I did not watch a single trailer for this film before yeah. I sat down and watched. The it. only trailers I watched for this movie is what came on while I was watching wrestling. Like. <laughs> Like, wow that's it yeah um i try to go into these funny. things yeah because like even every everybody that plays a recurring character in this is played by the same actor i mean yeah even, like even the cameos are, are the same actors yeah. <laughs> I, yet, yeah. um so this is patrick wilson's directorial debut it is it is his how do directorial we think debut. how do we think he did I, I think that he did really well. I mean, I think that, you know, he has been kind of priming himself uh, for the director's chair for a while. And mm-hmm. I think that, um, 
you know, he was, I know he was looking for something to direct for a couple of years and this kind of ended up being just the perfect pick for, you know, a myriad of potentially obvious reasons. Um, and, you know, I think it, uh, I think it shows, I think that it shows that he was passionate about the material and also that, you know, he is what it is an actor that like has an eye for it, even while acting, which is pretty, pretty great. Yeah. Um, I was really happy with, with his directing. It definitely doesn't feel like somebody's first outing, which I think is huge. I agree. I, it feels very much to me like a B actor, a B director who actually has a couple movies under their belt, right? Like Mm -hmm. let's be very clear. This movie's getting a lot of flack on the internets and a lot of that flack is for good reason. Um, I, I think I said to you guys when we, cause we all watched this together. Uh, I think I, I, I said to you guys uh, when I got, a, I think I equally parts laughed with and at this movie, or yeah. enjoyed, enjoyed and made fun of this movie. And Corbin said, how could you know you were laughing the entire time? And I'm like, sometimes I was laughing with it. Like, <laughs> So I think that, so, I think some of that is definitely like the, the script though. Right. I, I mean, I, you know, I think that, yeah. you know, and the, yes. and the writer was definitely someone that, I don't know how much uh, power Patrick Wilson would have had over like choosing the writer or the specific script, given that it was his first outing and this was a a studio film, Um, you know, produced by Lee Winnell and James Wan still. So like, you know, there might not have, it's hard to to judge him for the, for the script choice. Uh, Usually you can. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of the issues with the movie do lie in the script because, like, a lot of it comes down to like dialogue or um, just the way. Or things yeah, are even even just about. general like, just general the general pacing of the movie. Um, however, I, I go for it. What I what I want to see out of this is I I like I like where this started for Patrick Wilson. I think. Th- th- this is about as strong of a start uh, for a directorial debut, minus something like Jordan Peele, uh, who comes out with Get Out as his first piece of directing. Like, I'm, it's not Get Out. Do not do not misunderstand. My words <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, when it comes to like the pantheon of first time directors, like this is this is pretty great. What it makes me want is to see him make like a proper R rated horror film because he has an mm. eye for the genre. He has an eye for like what works, what is scary. He has an eye for how to build a jump scare um, for good and for worse, I would say uh, yeah. in this in this film, because there's he, he really like he sets up the whole watch the background, watch the background, watch the background thing from the onset. Josh gets into the car within like three minutes of this film and you clearly His ghost see dad's hanging out back there. Exactly. Ghost dad's like, Hey son, what's up? I want to help you, but I can't speak to you because reasons like they clearly set up that as a thing. Um, and it just keeps, it reoccurs and reoccurs. I just want, I want to see him break the shackles of PG 13 and see what he can really give us there. Like what, what does his eye for an R rated horror film actually look like in practice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because he can do PG thirteen, but what can he do with more sh- with less shackles? That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because like he, you know, he's been in a fair amount of horror movies, but even R rated horror movies that he's in, with a few exceptions like Bone Tomahawk, are like pretty mild R rated horror movies. Yeah, and you know, listening everybody to... know, yeah, and even Bone Tomahawk, completely mild. <laughs> very very mal as everyone yeah. knows so there is there is no uh, there is no not a scalping to be seen <laughs> what are you talking about but uh you know it's it's i don't know that he would have done much more with an r rating because the way that he talks about insidious not insidious why he i'm not talking about insidious i think the no. way that he talks about insidious it's the kind of movie that he was looking to do and so i don't know that like if he had an r rating i'm not talking about insidious i'm not i'm not (laughs) (laughs) no no, i don't know that he would have wanted to do an r-rated horror movie it doesn't like what he wanted uh, why he chose insidious i think implies to me that he for those reasons an r-rated horror movie wouldn't have given him anything extra i i I think i agree with you i was watching an interview with him today because again taking the time doing doing what we said in our pre-meeting taking the time to be a little bit more researched uh he was saying that some of his favorite horror movies of all times are like silence of the lambs and jaws right Mm -hmm. those are movies that are again 
very much done in the shot composition. I mean, that's not entirely true. Sounds of the Lamb and Jaws are both well-written movies, right? Yeah. Um, but like the way that the movies are shot, it's also they're shot beautifully, right? Um, so I think there's an element of that that I think he wants to be if he, behind the director's chair. And I think actually it's really good. And also he does know in like, this is probably one of the better movies in which other people in the movie has have acted. However, mm-hmm. again, a downside of Patrick Wilson being behind the camera as well as the, being the director is his acting suffers. This is probably the worst Patrick Wilson movie I've seen him in. And mm-hmm. I'm somebody who came in thinking I hate Patrick Wilson, but the reality is, oh, is yeah, I, I yeah, it, and I'm and I, I've come around, and the Conjuring movie specifically is what um, not the Insidious movie specifically is when they come around them, and then I watch the Conjuring movies and I get soured on them all over again, um, and I realize the re- the reason for that is is it I he just he can't act very well. I just hate the Warrens, uh, <laughs> and so like I watching this, it was very interesting because he does he. He plays it well enough, I would say, yeah. but the yeah. but obviously he's trying to make a diamond out of the out of coal with with the script, and then on top of that, like he's trying to play like he's trying to do like this early on stage dementia thing because of it like and it's just like it's not entirely effective, um, yeah. And, I mean they're there was a, a quote from him about directing himself where yeah. he, he said, I'm not too precious about my own acting, which was just like, yeah, like, well, that's fair. I, I, I get it, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, but you're the reason why we like these movies. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think that he does do well enough. And I think that, you know, part of it is that the other people, in the franchise that who are really good aren't in this one too much. Yeah. So him mm-hmm. per turning in like a worse than average performance, I would say is almost not noticed because he is comparing, you know, you're comparing him against uh, the kid who plays Dalton Ty something. Yeah. Uh, and this was like his Quite. first major role. And then the, uh, the actress who played Chris, who had like never been in a movie before. So it's like, you know, when, Oh really? Yeah. This is, <laughs> she was, she was pretty good. Chris, is, Chris is probably one of she my favorite side good. characters in all of Insidious. I She's thought great. I, I thought I legitimately yeah. I was going to hate her, but like she ends up being a traditional horror sidekick. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like yeah. in, in a way that like, it's like, oh, cool. Like, I also like that. There's really, besides like the one kiss, there's no like sexual tension. Like, and even that feels forced and it's just like, like they're, they're, it's very clear that they're just kind of like buds. That's kind of fun. Um, yeah. And they don't turn the kiss into like something after, which I've seen that no. storyline also where like yeah. that exact thing happens. And then after that, they're like, oh, well, what if? Like, Will they, won't yeah. they? Well, yeah. in fact, yeah. in fact, it they turn they, nice they just not going that route. Yeah, they weirdly turn it into a cool thing about consent for a second where she's yeah. like, where it's just like, I'm so sorry. I should have asked. I was just in the moment. Like, it's just like, yeah. that's kind of <laughs> cool. Well, and plus, I think the other thing that highlights Chris is she probably has the best like true horror sequence of, I would say, pretty much the whole film uh, with her being attacked by we. I mean, she's the conduit with which we see the red faced demon for the first time in this film. Uh, don't yeah, no, back. no, we don't call no. him red faced demon. We don't call him lipstick guy, lipstick face, whatever they're calling him. He's Darth Maul Goblin. That's all he'll ever be on That's this fine. goddamn okay. podcast. OK, this is fine. So <laughs> Darth Maul she, Goblin is in she is the conduit with which we get Darth Maul Goblin again, which is great. He yeah. works. It works how they show him again and how she's basically being because it's, you know, they're going through this whole idea of like, well, people in the real world can't be harmed with by these demons. It's only Has he had a tail the, the entire time. Yes. Yeah. You oh. see it in the first movie. Yeah. When like when like like you see him around. up in like the bit. Yeah. He's like <laughs> yeah. doing his thing and you see the tail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Come on, that Bobby. one shot they show him <laughs> that they show of him in the and that they've shown in all of the up. It's the one trailer I've watched where Darth Maul goes yep. like, it's the worst shot in the entire movie. It's absolutely terrible. Like, well, and it's funny because like, you know, the, 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 that demon has kind of become iconic almost despite itself, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there is a reason why 
his big jump scare is a meme and it's not just because it's a great jump scare but it's also because haha like what a funny demon design (laughs) (laughs) what is this face i'm looking at yeah so like that even the most iconic moment of the whole first movie is equal parts funny and scary because like the you know what i mean and so seeing him again they could do him up as well as possible but seeing him every time is just gonna be like what is going on like well, and he's such a non-factor. Darth Maul Goblin in yeah. all of these movies is, is such a non-factor. Like, and in and, and this one, he's the most factored, I suppose. But, like, it's incredibly, like... He's it's more so, factored in the first movie, yeah. I think. I, see, more I don't pre- think so. Present I, throughout, I, I think. I know, because I, I think... Well, they, they show, like, the drawings, but, like, they keep red herring you to think it's, like, the guy, the ghost with the trench coat and the long hair. That, I feel like he... he like, like the, the sub-boss is the is is more present than the boss in, in Insidious mm-hmm. 1. This, it's all yeah, Darth Maul Goblin. Yeah. And, like, I get it, right? Ghosts, ghouls, and demons. Cool, right? But, yeah. like... And, it's, and you know, but like when you bring a, a goblin into it, you know, it, it, it doesn't work quite as well. Um, and I think. I really think we need some other demons in this franchise. Yeah. Like five movies in, we have all of we have this very like almost grounded reality of the further with very understanding ghosts and like they're like what they're after, what they're trying to do, who they are, who they were. Like everything makes a lot of sense. They really have this really nice like lore built up. Yeah. And there's only one demon so far, and it's this lipstick demon, right? That we know nothing about. You don't know anything about him. You've seen him three times now. And yeah. it's like, what's the deal with this guy? You know? And like, are there other demons? What do they do? What does he do? Like, at the end of this movie, the door is closed. It's just to him. So, like, are there more with other no, doors? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the shtick? Five movies in, we should probably... No have some understanding well, of that. I do know that they, they originally was a plan to have a sinister crossover, so a Bagul. Maybe maybe a See, Bagool that makes total it. sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I Mr. Boogie, Mr. Boogie. Yeah, yeah. Like it would be really cool to do that kind of thing. It yeah. would make sense. They they're, they're like they 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 work in similar ways. Like yeah. um however, right man, I you know, love that movie. Uh, I, you know, this, I thought, I thought the second was bad. I watched it again somewhat recently. That movie's yeah. a grower. Sinister 2 is a grower. It's just not it's... as good as the first one. And so I think after you've watched, after you've gotten past that, you're able yeah. to see what the actual movie is. Yeah. I know. I agree entirely. But, but we're not here to talk about Sinister. a really good <laughs> d- d- duology. We're here to talk about a pretty okay quintology. <laughs> There's the word. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 the and the and the quint of that quintology. Uh, so, Bobby, I have a question for you. Yes, is this the loudest you've ever laughed in a movie theater at this movie? No, no. But, okay, but but pretty close. I will, I will say it was pretty close. It was it was when it was when uh, puke ghost vomited everywhere. That was when I was really. That's when I really lost it. Oh yeah. That was it. Was a, hilarious. Did that affect practical, which is just so much funnier, it, dude? Okay, <laughs> like that was a that was a pure giggle of of, uh, and I, I could tell I pissed off people next to me because I was like, because <laughs> I I was like I was like crying laughing, but I was oh, like yeah. this is so it was fun. It was a fun little like because like like they they already di- they already did the bit right like they and it's like okay. We know, like, we've already, we've already, the setup's there, right? And the scary moments already happened, right? Dalton's getting vomited on, right? There's just no way he's not getting just puked all over his stupid face. Right. Right? And, like, the longer we wait, the more it's just like, <laughs> he's going to get thrown up. But... And then you see him, like, crawling up, and it's just like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then he just goes, and it's just like, and, the, and that is... I wish that would have been a more like more than like in two scenes because like the kid like caked on puke all over him like dying in his own puke that was a scary ghost like that Mm -hmm. that one made me that was like actually like the first when you first see him and he's like close the door please close the door like I don't want you to see me like this that was that's like some sixth sense level like like uncomfortability and then for it to just be this over the top 
just fucking fire hydrant of puke is awesome and funny. Like, yeah, this kid got well, waterboarded and, for our amusement, and it's, basically. Uh, <laughs> right. Chunky it's waterboard. Oh, yeah. Intentionally funny in a way that, like, I, I wouldn't have thought about it as being intentionally funny. And I didn't at the time because it seems like one of those mo- one of those bits that's like supposed to be like more like gross out scary. Yeah. And after thinking about it and then after spending some time, right, uh, seeing what Patrick after getting over your intense movie, frustration of my of my cackling well, laughter. I mean, well, yeah, that was part of it. Uh, but there was there was uh, I forget who he was talking to, but Patrick Wilson had made a comment that the part of what he likes about pg-13 horror is that is and especially insidious is that insidious is funny and quirky which is something that is like totally true but i didn't know how much yep. of that was intentional and so like he really wanted to like keep that going and like thinking about that comment and then that scene it's like that was supposed to just be funny like that, that was definitely <laughs> that was, that was you're meant to laugh at that thing at that scene actually <laughs> I, I think i think it's a dealer's choice right i think yeah. <laughs> i think because there's a lot of stuff that's like funny and quirky on its face like like chris yeah. there's a lot of moments early on where she's trying to be funny and it's cringe and you're like oh no is she gonna be is she gonna be that character and she doesn't end up being right. that character but she starts out that way but yeah. then also simultaneously i think there's like so i i do think that that was funny intentionally i thought in the moment it was mm-hmm. funny intentionally i didn't think i was being rude or crass by having a having a having a laugh at it um yeah, that's fair I'm like overly serious about horror movies, so it takes me a little bit sometimes to to get there. Why? In what world? In what world would you actually every, want? In, like... in every in every world. The other thing too that I I don't think we're setting the stage too well for our audience here is this theater was packed. Yeah, like yeah. this was not was a small showing. So. Like we we yeah. we were packed in there, and just I want you guys to imagine there's this scene and no one else is laughing but Bobby. <laughs> loudly it was great yeah oh absolutely you laugh for an entire movie theater's worth of people i don't care sometimes you sometimes things are just for you and that's okay i don't disagree with you i think i'm the only person who laughed the entire movie and i laughed a lot that is i rolled my eyes a few times uh i was actually talking with corbin about that is i i don't know what it was if, if it's just i didn't pick up on the the dialogue being so like Cringe. Oh my god, eye rolly cringy. <laughs> yes, cringe, like cringe like at one point Dalton and, and Foster are on the phone and What's Dalton up? just goes, Little bro, unironically. <laughs> yeah, very just very like oh my god. Um and, my f- and like you would think the cringy lines would come from Chris, like we were kind of talking about earlier. But no, I mean she has like her little bit at the beginning, but then she's like, Oh no, Chris is great. She just she's kind she, of finds she her has way and sticks most, to it. Like, she has the most ad libbing also, which I think is what helps her dialogue along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Foster being a non-entity is also fucking hilarious. The guy, it, like... It, it, <laughs> he's been a non-entity the whole franchise! I said still I being a non-entity. Say, he's like that in I, every movie, except for the first movie. He has, like, one scene, one iconic scene in the bedroom. Yeah, the... But I, ev- Foster. Yeah. Yeah, but every other time is... <laughs> Yeah, complete non like and like there's the sister which is you would it would be fine to forget that there is a third sibling of, of this yeah. group because yeah because in the second and third movies and the second or fifth movies she yeah. barely exists no i love, I the love fifth the one when she's she's at a sleepover so she doesn't have yeah. to be in the final sequence yeah <laughs> but my favorite bit is in the, like the first time dalton is calling foster Foster's got like a full like 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 living room like studio thing set up. Yes. They don't touch on it at all. At all, even even a little bit. They it's touch almost... on it briefly at the end. Near the end, he's like, You got your like sound set up or something? Like they're these are two separate because you see the call and then they mention it like one time and then just keep going. They fly right by it. It's it's like they had this idea of something they wanted to do, and then just like it got completely cut out, or they didn't. Yeah. Right? I don't think this movie had a lot yeah. of edits. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so either. I think this movie is actually pretty lean. <laughs> I think when this comes out, there you will not get deleted scenes. No. Uh, I also love the fucking dumbest thing. Right? They 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 went. Oh man, you know that red door. What if we painted it black? <laughs> like. Just like fucking 
fucking Zeppelin? Seriously? Is, You're gonna do a... uh, no, wait. Is that no? Is that that's Rolling Stones? It's a Rolling Stones. Yeah, I'm sorry. Now. I'm sorry. I wasn't you know okay with Patrick with Wilson, with a Rolling Black, Stones so fan. Probably, dude. Yeah. Dude's like yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I fixed myself. I fixed myself so so no one can yell at me. Yeah. I corrected my own mistake before anybody else sure. did. Of course. Uh, uh, I was fi- I was fine with it. It was it was obvious, but I was fine with it. Well, there's a, the, I, that I think that's what the, about this movie is is this movie is yeah. like again it's a it's a potato chip. It's empty calories. You're enjoying it, but like ultimately, yeah. I mean, like that's you know let's be real here right we've watched and reviewed all five of them like that yeah. is the franchise like yep. the franchise yeah. is pretty fun it's pretty enjoyable but it's not like a gangbusters franchise you know like it's never yep. going to be the sour cream and onion you know i mean it's yep. just the regular and like that's and it's that's never totally gonna it's fine. never gonna be a sweet it's never gonna be a sweet <laughs> and spicy chili dorito you're right you're absolutely right by that yeah well yeah, I, you'll notice I, that wasn't my example. But. I gave my example because it was <laughs> yeah, better than yeah. sour cream and onion. Boo. No, dude, that's Ugh. no. Mm, well, we don't know. Um, yeah, you yeah. Know you, you, no, so, you're right. As somebody yeah. who likes Friday the 13th, I would imagine yep. you would say sour <laughs> yeah. cream and onion is your. If that's if those are conjoined. I'm OK with that. <laughs> If that's if that's the if that's the cross I must carry, I'm fine. I'm uh, there. I'm there. I'm, I'll bear it. Oh boy. The only the only other thing about this film that I wanted to bring up is uh, yeah. the success of this film. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sixty four million dollars grossed with about about a fifty fifty split between domestic and international box offices. Like, and that's big these movies just continue to print money. It's crazy. Sixteen million dollars. Oh, yeah, budget. of course Nothing. they do because they're stupid as hell. But sure. But, but thirteen-year-olds can. Yeah. yeah. But their thirteen-year-olds <laughs> can watch them and like, 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 my my good buddy Jack. He he texted me and he was he was like and we talked afterwards, and he was talking about how stupid it is. It's like oh we're going with we're going with tell uh uh. A hypnosis that's that's the angle we want to go with with this stupid movie and i was like yeah it's stupid but it's fucking hilarious and awesome like in like yeah. just and boring it's so and insidious like, so like yeah yeah like and <laughs> i i you, you, you know, you're it, never you're never like getting anything that you don't expect right yeah. mm-hmm. you're going to you're it's it's an american tradition it's tgi fridays it's boring it's banal right spoiler alert the ghost it that that's that's haunting josh the entire time is the dad that you forgot that he didn't have like i definitely forget when he when he brought up his dad like twice and was like oh i don't want to be my dad i'm afraid of my dad i'm just i was thinking the first time he brought it up i was like where'd this dad subplot come yeah. from <laughs> i don't remember a dad yeah. i forgot entirely well, yeah. the second time he brought it up i was like that ghost that's been like hanging out in the background every now and again it's gonna be his dad isn't it and then and then they try to get you with the like who is this ben burton guy it's like shut the fuck up it's his dad <laughs> the first <laughs> time they showed the ben burton thing my first thought was like is that josh's last name is that, is that <laughs> that's what i thought exactly <laughs> i couldn't even i couldn't even Burton? remember <laughs> yeah i was like yeah wait is that the is that the name of the insidious family yeah like <laughs> yeah like they got me because like i was like maybe was there a retcon somewhere am i just forgetting <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> well and that shows about this movie is like you watch these movies despite literally forgetting about a lot of it because we have a, we've watched these movies somewhat recently yeah right so like i think i think that's the power of these movies is they're they're stupid but god damn it they're fun like yeah absolutely it's well, just a consistent thing. You know what you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. But, you know, hey, speaking of consistency, how would you guys rate this movie on a zero to five scale with half points allowed, where zero, of course, is the absolute bottom and a five out of five is the absolute top. Now, we have rated all four of the other Insidious movies um, along the way. Our average score of Insidious as a franchise is 2.5 that feels right Um, no that that doesn't feel right that feels objectively correct (laughs) so 
uh alan you've kind yes. of said the said the least so far in the discussion i'd love it if you would go first how would you rate insidious the red door on a scale of zero to five so with insidious the red door i when we when we walked out of the film i i kind of I was just sitting there kind of like arm crossed, like, what did I think of that for, for a bit there? Cause I just, I wasn't, I wasn't as sold on it immediately leaving the theater. And as I've kind of sat on it and thought through, like, what did I actually experience? What was this film to me? I, every time I think back on it, I have smiles and I go, oh yeah, that was fun. Or, oh yeah, that was funny. Or like, oh yeah, I, I had a good time watching this film. Is the dialogue cringy? Absolutely. Is is it a jump scare fest at times? Yes. Now in part that's cause I'm, I jump at everything. We were watching trailers and I was jumping in the trailers mm-hmm. uh, before the insidious, the red door came on. So like I'm a mark for that kind of thing. It is what it is, but I would say they're pretty effective. Like the one that comes to mind is we didn't necessarily talk about it as much in the bit here before, but like one of the whole reasons that this whole shebang gets started is uh, Dalton's is in his art class and the like the art teacher basically is like you're gonna go deep and dig into yourself and i'm going to count down from 10 and it kind of like unlocks these repressed memories of his and as he's like uh drawing these memories he like gets attacked and it fucking worked for me because like i knew something was gonna happen oh it works so well i know i knew something was gonna come we didn't got me we didn't talk about it it's it's actually it's actually really interesting i thought about that one a lot too we didn't get a chance to talk about it it's because it's not paced like a normal jump scare like so it it hits you in like a really weird like it was like the same reason why that trailer got me because i was just like (laughs) oh like yeah because he's like really intensely drawing and everything and you Mm -hmm. think like you think it's gonna like pan back to like see the whole painting and what has he created and then there's the jump scare but he's like not done yet about to finish and then a hand grabs him and it's like oh jesus christ like so this movie has those aspects that kind of play well to me Mm -hmm. and i just keep thinking about how i had a good time like at the end of the day i just had a good time with this film so for me I'm actually going to put this one at a three and a half out of five, placing it right in line with uh, the last key and chapter two for me. This is this is right at the top of the franchise for me personally. What, Bobby? Okay. Uh, Um, uh, I I respect it. I respect it. Um, You know, I'm just I'm just going to go real quick because I I have some similar thoughts. Uh, I really, I really quite liked this movie. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it. I would say I enjoyed it as much as I expected to, right? Because I, I liked the other four, uh, well enough. I mean, chapter three wasn't so good, but the <laughs> other three, three, the you're other right. Four were good. Chapter um, three was pretty bad, but let's be honest. The last key. Oh, <laughs> anyway, can't agree with that. <laughs> I, I I like the way that this one really focused in again on the family drama of it all. Like I think that that is when Insidious is at its, is at its strongest, right? When mm. the ghosts and stuff are a little bit secondary. And I guess the only thing that I like more about Insidious is when they go full superhero, which I did quite like about the last key. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I mean, this one is as good as the other two uh, entries of this trilogy, really, of this family. So I'm going to give this a three out of five, matching my scores for Insidious and Insidious 2. I think they're all kind of at the same level for me. I like them all about the same. Um, and I think that the consistency of the trilogy is pretty good, especially considering mm-hmm. it's over the course of 15 years uh, with different teams. Um. I said something to you guys when we were exiting the theater. I said, this is probably the third best Insidious movie. So I'm going to stand by that. And I gave Insidious 1 a 3. I gave Insidious 2 a two and a half. So I'm going to give Insidious the red door a 2 out of 5. Um, personally, really liked it. But this movie is chock full of flaws, right? Everything except for shot composition in this movie can be kind of shit at times. So, like, like this movie is shot incredibly well. And, it, and I think it does a lot of, like, it scratches enough of that, like, 
art house itch for me that I like in movies. And then it's stupid enough that I'm just like giddy the entire time. But ultimately, those two things make for a fairly poor movie, a slightly below average movie. So, yeah. That's fair, I think. I loved it, though. I I really did enjoy myself. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hard hard not to, right? (laughs) Um, So all of that said, right? I mean, this is the fifth entry in a franchise. It is the debut of a, I mean, anything getting to five is immediately a little bit funny. (laughs) It's like, it's very funny to me that James Wan was just like, hey, don't worry. Remember the 80s where we had like a bunch of different movie franchises with like slashers? What if I just did all of them? (laughs) Yeah, I, I, every major franchise of the last like 15 years, 20 years almost has been his with the exception of Paranormal Activity. So good on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, all of that said, do we think that this movie is essential to horror as a whole? So this section is traditionally spoiler free. So if you skipped ahead to here, our scores so far were a three and a half from Alan, a three from myself and a two from Bobby. And that's all out of five. Um, now, are other Insidious movies, were any of them essential? You may be wondering. And uh, yes, uh, we did give Insidious, the first one, full essentiality marks. And then Alan and I also bravely gave Insidious, the last key, essentiality marks for reasons unknown even to us. Uh, <laughs> Cowards. Cowards. It could have been now, Blood Diner. We could have done that. We could have done that together. It's never going away. Bobby, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that Insidious the Red Door is essential to horror as a whole? Is it essential to horror as a whole? Yeah. No. That's it. I I mean I no no no. Like what what do you want me to say? That this I movie want you is to say like whatever's in your heart this movie does nothing it does nothing <laughs> it like it, unless patrick wilson becomes a prolific horror director but even then i don't even think this movie counts right because like he would need something that like at least it was like something he wasn't you, like his own first movie right mm-hmm. this is him with Leigh wanel uh is it jason blum is, is that his name jason blum and Le- and and Leigh Whannell and, uh, and, and, and James uh, Wan. <laughs> and then James Wan holding his hand through a lot of this, mm-hmm. probably, right? Maybe yeah. not the directorial stuff, but helping him with all the other stuff. It doesn't fucking matter. Ultimately, this movie will be, you'll watch it when you're watching mar- marathons of the Insidious movie, which, let's be honest, everybody except for me does not remember as well as the Conjuring movies. So, like, what's the point? Uh, I liked it. I think it's worth a watch, personally. However, th- me liking things since I've since I've decided to take this 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 essential shit seriously does not make for an essential movie. So no, it is not essential. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, that's that was a lot of the crux of uh, my my point was going to be honestly is like basically uh i'll get it out of the way immediately no i don't think it is but i would like it to be so like it's like no but i want it to be and that the wanting it to be is basically like i would love for patrick wilson to really go down this path and become one of those guys that we really remember as like a great horror director of this next era and if that were to happen were this would this then be a yes maybe maybe but uh, the points that Bobby makes about, uh, the, you know, his close confidants and, and peers helping him through this movie are true, right? I mean, and he admits it. And this even part of why he took this movie to be his first movie is because Blumhouse really protects its directors and its crew because they put like the franchise and the name and they put Blumhouse first. So like when things go wrong, they take the flack. And so like, and he kind of knew that, you know, you could safely make this movie first. And so, yeah, like I'd love to see him do something that he wrote or co-wrote or 
hand chose, you know, maybe a new franchise, something with his name really on it. I think that that would be an awesome yes to give. And if mm-hmm. we were to get that, would this then become a yes? Maybe later. Depends on how much of this carries forward. You know, like what what are his true hallmarks as a director, and do we what do we see move forward? Um, but you know, that is a gigantic maybe. It's a gigantic maybe. And without that, this movie is an easy no. This was a very easy no for me. I enjoyed this film. I had a grand time. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I go, yeah, that was a really good time. I, I loved what I saw there. Um, I like the the kind of quirky character of Chris. The jump scares work. But there's nothing in this film, I think, even within its own franchise, for that matter, that really like is stand out in the way that needs to be to be essential to horror. Um you know, the best jump scare in the franchise happened in the first film. The funniest moment in the franchise happens in chapter two when Patrick Wilson beans his wife in the back of the head with a coffee pot, okay? It's the funniest fucking thing in this entire franchise. Like, it's it not the scariest. That girl gets hit with the car. Yes. No, 100%. it's not. No, it's I think not, I think I think we're getting hit with yeah. the gun. I don't. I don't. We agree knew it was. All. We knew it was coming the second time, and we still laughed at it. <laughs> okay, the car it was really good. I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and tell Chapter you you're wrong. Chapter three is 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 the funniest thing that happened in this franchise. This the movie is <laughs> all right. All right, that's that that might actually be true. Um, but it doesn't have any, it, I don't, it's only real highlight is this is Patrick Wilson's directorial debut. And while that's interesting, while that's cool, while there's potential there, it's not here now. So until that potential realizes into anything, it to me just doesn't matter yet. It might in the future. We'll have to find out though. So speaking of I'm drowning, why are you being so selfish? Where your handles? That was that, that was a quote from Insidious Chapter Three. Yeah, uh, where's your quotes? That's for, from, that's from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that was another line we thought was very funny at the time. Uh, that is a great. Well, uh, what makes it funny is the way it's delivered. It's delivered yeah. so straight. Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, it's, 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 it's the fun. dad that says it, right? Yes, the dad yeah. says yeah, it to his teenage dad's daughter. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh my and, god! What did and, I give and, Chapter Three? And, I'm gonna retro. He, I gave it a one. That's correct. I feel good about that. And it, he's reading. He's he delivers a line like it's a table read. He's like, "I'm drowning. Why are you being so selfish?" <laughs> and they're just like, "Yeah, cut print. We got that one." Yeah. <laughs> So let, let 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 us all in the spoiler free portion of this say it's better than that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It is better. the yeah. red door is a lot better than that. It, we all I think would say go watch it. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's worth yeah. the watch. I think you know that's really the you know yeah. the end of it. Yeah. It's it's better oh. than your terrible fucking. Fu- they they their their f bombs better. Their f bomb is better. They get one. That's true. Did they even use the f bomb? Yes, they did. In- yes, they did. When? We can't say. Spoiler free yeah, movie. You, know, you got to go oh, see the no. movie. All right. But anyway, yeah, what are your handles and where can we find you? Alan. Well, you see, there's this new platform called Threads that you can find, I think, all three of us on now at this point. Mm-hmm. Because Twitter is a hellscape that no one wants to actually be on because there's just constant nonsense that get pushed through to your feed. I dipped out of Twitter at, like, the perfect time. It was, like, two, three months ago, and I'm like, I don't need this app on my phone anymore. And, like, the precipitous fall has been so strong. But if you're on Threads, you can find me at a seal punter. I'm also on Instagram. I I occasionally post photos and shit. Um, What have I been doing? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, Painting, building, playing some Diablo. Might do some of that after this podcast even. Season one starts up here in like a month, less than a month. I'm not remotely prepared enough to do that. I'm not remotely going to get that done in time. Um, You don't need to. Yeah. Isn't what's the what's the benefit of having the campaign be by the time season one? You can skip the campaign when you start your seasonal character. Oh well, that is pretty nice. But if you don't, so if you don't finish it, you have to do the campaign, and you get to start. I mean, I haven't. Yeah, and you start with the horse. Yeah, that actually is pretty cool. I still don't have a horse. I'm like 15 hours into this game. I don't have a damn horse yet. You get it about 40 hours in. I was gonna say it's like you're like not even halfway to the horse. (laughs) Why? 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 
it uh you get it you get it and you play the and then you play an additional 40 hours worth of content yeah i i uh, i've also been playing diablo uh and i'm like 80 hours deep and i think i'm light in it so go ahead continue your, your point Alan. that's i didn't have anything else that's that basically it okay. well i point. guess i guess you can find me also on the zuck apps at uh bobby dunlap 16 um but you can also find me yeah that's that's that's, that's i'm were you 16 no my birthday is march 16th okay. i love the, i love the the sincerity of the self docs that has just occurred <laughs> oh no <laughs> no it's just funny it's you know it doesn't matter it's just funny yeah uh uh but you uh or you can find me at twitch.tv slash the red weenie that's where all my relevant socials are there uh but yeah um all of those all of those there i've been playing diablo uh that is the only real game thing i've been doing i golfed this past weekend instead uh, of playing warhammer yeah well you know sorry i love my friends but uh unfortunately my family will always come first i know some of you listen that one's for you uh but yeah i uh i stream sometimes i said i was gonna do uh sundays and tuesdays I still plan on doing that, so uh, maybe you'll see me there. I, if you, it's it's a running gag on this show that uh, I said I want to stream, but I just then it becomes a task to do instead of a task to enjoy, and I stop myself all the time. Maybe I'll just stop and I'll just start streaming more consistently again. So could be could be cool. Follow me on all my relevant social media platforms. You can find me at bolters underscore bourbon on threads and Instagram. And honestly, that is the only socials that really matter because I've never used my other account. Um, and Twitter is dying, dying, dying. And the only reason I was on Twitter is because there wasn't anything better. And now threads is just better enough, which is really all. You both matters. laughed at me. You both laughed at me. Immediately. It's still, to be fair, it's still funny. It's bad. <laughs> It's just better, you know? <laughs> so uh, we're there. We're on threads. Uh, they've got like well over 100 million people on there. It's probably going to be part of our lives for a number of years at this point. So <laughs> follow us on threads. Uh, that is where I will post about uh, Warhammer and other hobby content. Uh, that's the main thing that I use social media for. So if you're interested in that, give me a follow. Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, basically everything that alan has has said warhammer stuff and diablo stuff i'm further in than alan but not as far as bobby the game is absolutely massive no i don't have my horse um oh i beat it so yeah see so live on stream i'm not as far as you uh the game is massive i'm really taking my time with it because diablo is one of my favorite franchises of all time and like it's not even close so i'm not rushing i'm just playing it and i'm really enjoying it i i love 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 it but it's a long boy, long boy. Um, it is a very long boy. Yeah, not not in a negative way. It it's just a no. big game. Yeah, it's yeah. it's actually really good. I, I yeah. saw people complaining about it being too much of a sandbox, and uh, I wanted to choke the life out of them. Um, I also like don't just, feel like it what does is that even because, mean? Like everything. <laughs> I think people people feel like it's not as much of like the linear act structure as previous games because yeah. if you go linearly and you just do all the main quests. The acts aren't super long, right? And, and you can always go. You can even start. You can, always, you can even start the future acts whenever you want, right? Really? Yeah. And, but what I like about this one is that every act feels way long because you can do like side quests and other content in the act, and then everything is within the same like region, and it makes the act feel like it's like this area, and then you go into to- like the next act and. It's cool. Uh, they were complaining about the quote Ubisoftification of of gaming because, mm. and I thought that that was very stupid. Well, um, you do have to wor- clear out three villages and claim them. So, <laughs> don't give them more points. I haven't done that at all yet. I've <laughs> I've literally walked up on those villages and been like, I don't want to do this. They're called fortresses, buddy. Okay, what the fuck and, they're, and they're they're, they're villages. Awesome. They're outposts. They're whatever. very no. They're very fun. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's me at bolters underscore bourbon, Twitter or not Twitter. Inst- well, I mean, yeah, Twitter, I am on Twitter still. So Twitter, <laughs> Instagram and threads, whatever. Um, you can find the podcast 
at Essential Scares. And you can currently find the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we'll be on Threads shortly. Um, the I don't know how to I don't know how to make the Threads app. <laughs> it is not as easy as it should be for like content creators. We're gonna level with you. There's no desktop app, so I can't do it on the web, which is how I usually do the stuff for the podcast. And there's no, there's no like, Threads app on desktop. There's no desktop uh, app or, or website. <laughs> there's no Threads.com is like that's a hilarious. Slack competitor. So like there's no alternative. Oh, that's funny. Uh, and then if you're on Threads on the app, there's no like quick change account. <laughs> you have to like fully log out and fully log back in. <laughs> so it's really a bear. We will get there, but you know, we're, you know, Threads is like beta basically. So uh, as soon as that's a, a little more open to us, we'll be there. Um. But in the meantime, follow us on Facebook or Instagram. That's probably the best place to get uh, that that information. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening to the show uh, this week and the previous 100 weeks. Um, it's really been awesome, and we're happy to be in this next uh, era of Essential Scares. Uh, this uh, week was our first uh, new, uh, new movie in a long, long time. Uh, for our next episode, we're going to be kicking it way back to 1991 to cover Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. Um, and that episode will be in two weeks. We're moving to a bi-weekly schedule to allow all of us and all of you more time to sit with the movie and really do a deeper dive into why it may or may not be essential. So... Look forward to a slightly adjusted format with the next episode. Um, but in the meantime, give us a subscribe, a follow, or review, share it with your friends and family, and thank you again. Alan and Bobby, thank you for being on the show with me this week and the other 101 or 102 weeks, actually. Um, I have been your host, Corbin, and this has been Essential Scares. Put that right down, baby.